Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Previously on Mentally Yours. Need to be able to show change happen. Mm. I think one of the things that we found really powerful at Mind is to to make sure that all our work is about real people and their real experiences. So we need to need to make this not abstract. We need to be able to talk about people and about what's happened to them and happening to them. So um, so keeping it really located in people's real lives is is vital. Um, I think that some of that stuff around stats and data is really important because again it helps us show the direction things are moving in. Um, I think we need to definitely organizations like Mind, but lots of different people really need to keep mental health on the agenda for people. So to keep hammering that point home that mental health is important. It's about all of us. It's vital that we get it right. Hi guys, thanks for joining us. This is Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette. And I'm Ellen, and this week's guest is Jake Tyler, also known as Black Dog Walks. We're going to be chatting to him about depression, exercise, and his blog. I worked in hospitality for uh, maybe 10 years. Um, worked my way up from just I mean I got into it because I just liked drinking basically and wanted to work in a pub and just loved that sort of environment that sort of social environment and um, just started working my way up to the sort of supervisor assistant manager and then eventually manager and um, in that time I managed to um, get quite dependent on on booze and then eventually drugs and just stopped taking care of myself I mean I was really sporty when I was younger and you know just into my teens and into my early 20s and discovered all that sort of stuff that just the fitness and everything just disappeared basically and so I was in really bad shape and um 
not looking after myself and and becoming a manager you know sort of middle manager where it's a really it's a really lonely part of any organization isn't it um the stress just kind of got to me and I just I, I feel like I just burnt out basically and um I was running a bar in uh Shoreditch called the Well and Bucket and um I was living above it as well which was just the worst mm, you know I can imagine yeah I mean it didn't even feel like I had no sanctuary whatsoever it just felt like I'd finished my shift or my day and I'd go upstairs it didn't even feel like a room it felt like I was being locked in a chest and then the next day the chest opens again and I'm I'm back into it sort of thing I drank throughout the day to kind of perk myself up because I still felt like I had to be the face of this business and um you know project a certain type of image and 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 be personable as a boss and I was just miserable just absolutely miserable all the time and you know booze is just like great quick you know livener isn't it but you know the the long-term effects are are really bad and um been there just over a year and it's just after my 30th birthday and um yeah I basically got to got to a point where I forgot what feeling happy felt like I was relentlessly stressed my mind was just a complete mess and um I ended up planning my suicide I was gonna jump from the my my room was on the top floor of this building mm. so there's a small window there and I was just I was gonna jump out of it make a big big scene of it you know and I'd planned to do this the night before like, I, I mean I was just wired in bed about five in the morning you know just absolutely loaded and um didn't sleep and then at about eight o'clock um thought I was going to do it and then I just I had to speak to someone just one one last I had to speak to mum basically like I I've just had to hear her voice one more time I didn't want her to talk me out of it I didn't want anyone to talk me out of it it was like completely decided so so yeah I I just called her up and I don't think I even said a word you know I just started crying down the phone I think I just was just silent for ages I just didn't know what to say I just wanted to hear her talk and um she she's a clinical nurse so she's she's got a you know a background in mental health and it's not something that ever really interested me that much but I mean maybe that was it like maybe that was why I decided to call her maybe I the part of me knew that she was going to say something that I needed to hear I don't know but yeah I, I, I called her up and you know because of what she does for a living because she knows she probably recognized the stuff I was saying and the, the tone of my voice and stuff. And she knows me, you know? So, um, so yeah, like she, she just said all the right things, you know, I can't even remember what she said now, but, um, she managed to convince me to, I mean, I didn't say I was going to do what I was going to do. I just, I think I said like, I was scared of what I was going to do that day. So, um, she was just like, well, we need to get you help then, don't we? And I don't know, like it's her saying that and like hearing the love and the concern in her voice and stuff. And, and, and just the fact that I'd said something as well, because I'd been, I'd been feeling this way for ages. And because I felt like I was always playing catch up in my job and feeling like I was going to get found out all the time, that I was just going to be this total incompetent who just cannot handle the stress. And I was going to lose this dream job that was <laughs> like killing me, basically. Um, I didn't tell anyone. And just the, you know, the relief of actually telling someone who, who, I, who I could really trust. It just got me through that day. And then she just kept checking up on me, like kind of on a day-to-day basis. And she was like, you need to tell your bosses this. And I told them. And they were fucking great. You know, they just said all the right things as well. And 
you know, they signed me off for a bit and I, I got into therapy and in the end I was just too, too poorly to carry on work. You know, I, I tried for another week or so and it was just like, everything's falling apart around me. I'm just not well enough to, to carry on. So I ended up going back home to live with mum on her barge in rural Essex, which is just like rehab. It's just an amazing place, you know. Um, it's where I'm, where I am now. Can I just say your mum sounds amazing? Oh, she she's is. She's like yeah, the yeah, best yeah. person. Oh, she's, she's objectively like the best person of all time. Yeah, <laughs> like being able to talk to someone and say the right things. I feel like that's such a scary idea. It's a skill. Yeah, yeah. and, 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 and she did that. it. You know, like this sounds weird, but she did it in a way that wasn't. She didn't mother me. Yeah, you know, she was quite firm, and she she wasn't that emotional. I mean, she may have been, but she. Either she was able to detach, because that's what she does every day. She's able to detach. And either she was able to do that with me, or she was able to at least use doing that, you know, professionally to to at least act like that's mm. what she was doing. Which is amazing. Yeah. She must have been obviously really worried, really scared. Yeah, like she wrote this really beautiful piece after... Um, uh, after I started the walk, she came out and she walked from Penzance to Land's End with me. She wanted to do that part of the walk with me. It was amazing. And she wrote this really beautiful piece about it afterwards. And she's not... Like, I have a great relationship with my mum. Like, we're really super honest with each other, but we don't... We, we, we're kind of like how best friends talk. You know, we don't talk about our feelings all that often, but I know that if I wanted to, then... She, she'd listen and say the right thing most of the time. But yeah, she wrote this beautiful piece and um, and she kind of, she was really honest in it and she kind of said everything that um, that she didn't say like on the phone and when I was back home and stuff, all the, oh, I don't know, I guess all the, all the kind of like psychologist jargon and saying exactly what it was and saying how it affected her as well. So it's kind of, slightly moving to read um but yeah no she is amazing she really is an amazing person so then the walk started how well, did you come up with it i wasn't working mm. and so i just had i was just getting sick of lying around the house licking my wounds basically there's only so many mornings you can like watch fraser and <laughs> as great as it is yeah it was great it was the best part of the morning but it was just like i got myself into a really unenergetic cycle and it was just doing me no good so I, I you know I felt like I needed to do something with my day so I just started taking the dog for a walk every day and that became like my little job and I did that for a, a couple of weeks and yeah I was just out one day and um, the dog did something that made me laugh I can't even remember what it was now but it was a proper belly laugh and it was just it just felt like two years worth of of laughter that was just kind of backed up I couldn't believe. I, I, I was just like, because like when when you're that low, you forget what feeling happy feels like. And you, I, I don't know about you, but like, I kind of look back on the times where I am happy and when everything's okay, and I kind of think that version of me is just totally fake. Like, I, I this is me, this sad, pathetic person. This is who I really am. Like, you, you're better off just staying away from society. You're just going to embarrass yourself by pretending you're something you're not all the time. And in that moment, I felt like I had the ability to be a happy you know, a person who actually enjoys little things in life. And it was the first time I'd felt like that in ages. And um, in that moment, I put it all down to being outside and walking and um, being active and doing something for myself. And when, as soon as I had that thought, I, you know, I just, I feel like the idea kind of fell out the sky, really. It just sort of hit me and just flooded 
my thoughts, you know, I was just like, oh, right, so so I need to stay outside. And if oh, if, I, if I stay outside, then then I'll show other people that it can be it can be really effect, effective as a kind of th- therapy. Like, how would I do that? I could just do videos of myself. How can I stay outside? And just all of a sudden, this this idea to walk around the whole country to exhibit all the most beautiful parts, all the national parks, all the you know the best bits of coastline, all that sort of stuff. And I just like ran to WH Smith, bought one of those big pull-out maps, and just like started frantically circling all the all the parts of Great Britain that I thought would a that I'd want to see. You know, there, there was my own kind of like I want to do this big challenge for me thing. But you know, other places that I thought would inspire people to get outside. It's like you know, if I can walk here, you can get in a car and head down there one day and see for yourself how good nature can be. And yeah, just like circled all these parts and just joined them up, and this you know, look back and this just route was just there. And it's like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And yeah, two months later, I started off at Brighton Pier and started heading west. And yeah, this February I, I did it. And, and the route was more or less exactly the same as what I did in that moment. It's just crazy to think now because I'm not, I'm not a endurance athlete by nature. Life was just kind of, I considered myself to be very much a kind of city guy and, uh, you know into the, like, the culture of the city and like <laughs> even mm. now like it was so recent that i finished i can't believe i did it really but you know it just goes to show that when you've you know when you've got that sort of drive when you're doing something you really believe in you know because it was it was, just, it was a pilgrimage for me of sorts but it was also i believed that it was not a cure but a really good management technique to get out and do something for yourself you know it, doesn't matter you know you don't have to go out and walk and be in nature but just the fact that I was someone who who had experienced an all-time low who had done something that I knew was going to make me better and done it to like the extreme then I felt that people were could be you know it was open to interpretation and and people get in touch with me now and and you know some people say oh well I've, I've done these walks and I've done I've started running marathons all this sort of thing but a lot of people get in touch and say things like oh I started writing you know, poetry, or I started doing this, I've, you know, I started making t-shirts or whatever. And it's really amazing to see how people just sort of interpret what, you know, the, the, the idea of, of, you know, behind what I was trying to do, really, because that's, yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to achieve. How far did you actually go? Around 3000 miles. I mean, that's incredible, because I think most people, when they're thinking about mental health sort of walks, they just think, oh, maybe a sponsored walk. Yeah. Maybe sort of one <laughs> short run. That was a sponsored maybe walk. Maybe I'll do sort of one. But I mean, that is... A long way yeah, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I was savagely unprepared. Like, honestly, like you should have seen my planning before I went. Just like, okay, I'll walk 30 miles a day. If I do that, I'll have the whole thing done in six months. And it took nearly, you know, it took just, a, well, I mean, it took just over a year in the end. You know, it was, it started off as this big endurance challenge. And in my head, I was just kind of very cavalier. And I thought, that, yeah, I'll be able to do 30 miles a day. No problem. <laughs> fucking idiot do you remember um, the like first day when you started it yeah yeah how did you like this sounds stupid how did you actually start because you know when you it's get just, an idea yeah and you don't carry it through yeah i do you know what i think i was i seem to remember being incredibly underwhelmed on the first day and i didn't i didn't make a big song and dance mm. about it it was me my best mate and his girlfriend at the time and we just went for a pint before and then i just Went to the pier, he took a photo, and then I was just like, okay, bye. <laughs> and it just kind of walked off. But I don't like, I, I've never liked being sort of the, the focus of, of lots of people's attention. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I kept the actual first day kind of private. 
because I mean the, the the hardest thing about the prep wasn't you know getting a list of stuff together and or anything like that it was it was actually telling people why I was doing it because although although the my personal crisis was kind of born out of um you know mismanaging stress and and not looking after myself I feel sort of comfortable saying that I'm just a depressive by nature now and and although it never got as bad as that before you know I I I experienced quite serious lows where I can't get out of bed and stuff which I guess is you know is is depression isn't it <laughs> but it was it, you know I couldn't believe the the response you know these people that I'd known for for years in some cases who really seemed like they had their shit together in life and who I kind of envied a lot but for being so happy and you know were getting in touch with me just going oh my god finally someone said something because like I don't know it seemed to come at the perfect time because obviously 2017 was a real breakthrough year for mental health and this happened to me in 2016 and I feel like although there was an undercurrent you know there was a ripple of of this kind of conversation becoming more mainstream it didn't actually hit until the following year and I and I guess I you know I guess I got lucky in that respect because if if it hadn't happened at that time then maybe society wouldn't have been ready to embrace that conversation as I was and and part of what really made me you know better was the fact that I didn't feel like this was just my thing and that I was the only one who was struggling here. It felt like this is basically everybody who's who's going through. Maybe not everyone has, has experienced the suicidal thoughts that I have, and maybe maybe people don't get the can't get out of bed thing. But like everyone gets stressed. It was real. Just you know, when the more and more messages I got from people I knew, the more the more it just felt like this is right. Like this is the right thing to do here. Um. So 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 yeah. I mean, I became the center of attention, I guess, within my friends and family, you know, within that, those sorts of groups. And so the, the first day I just kind of wanted it to be not private, but I wanted it to be just my thing. I didn't want to, I felt like if there was going to be other people there, then I'd maybe, you know, I, I, I do this thing quite often, you know, I, I assume that people want a certain type of reaction from me at any given time. And so I didn't want any of that on the first day. I just wanted my best mate there who I trust more than anybody and and for it to be just for me you know me setting off on this thing but I mean, it was kind of underwhelming at the same time because i just sort of wandered off down the road that i walked down for years you know i was just sort of bumping into people i knew on the way it's like oh it was like a half new like kind of old punters from the pub or whatever so the first day was i walked to worthing which i thought was nine miles it ended up being 14 miles and i was just knackered like so my feet hurt so much when i got there and it was uh it was the euros england were playing um iceland that night and uh, i got there and my friend owned a pub and i was going to stay with him and then and then walk to arundel the next day and um because england were playing and because my best mate turned up and uh, at this pub as well and i hadn't seen my mate who ran the place before i just got carried away and he got carried away and it was like a big celebration because i started this thing and i you know I just got absolutely hammered. You know, I'm I'm completely teetotal now. You know, I've realised last year that I actually have a bit of a problem and this this story kind of just affirms that really. Um, got completely carried away, just drank until about six in the morning and the second day of the walk, I actually couldn't face going out and doing anything, you know. So I actually spent the second day of this huge challenge, like endurance challenge, hung over in, in my mate's pub again. 
and um yeah that's kind of awful just to remember now actually because I felt like I had to hide that from people you know I felt like I was you know I was doing this for me as I said but I was also trying to promote a healthier existence for for other people and trying to be an example for people who who experience depression who who can't find a way out and here I am just leathered on the second day just totally going against everything I was talking about so I spent the next couple of days in a really low place thinking I was just like this, this total charlatan and those sorts of thoughts would, would, would crop up, a, you know, an awful lot, especially if I was bumping into people and getting on with them because my instinct with any, you know, fun situation is to say, I don't want to go for a pint, you know, and I just, the reason I stopped is because I just don't know, I just don't know my limit basically. And, um, yeah, it was a continuous thing. You know, the most of the first half of the walk was, was this was amazing. And I, you know, I kind of wouldn't change any of it, but there's one thing where I felt like I let myself down on every now and again. It was not being able to keep my drinking in check. But I think that's helpful for other people to know because I think a lot of times you get these stories and it's like, I did this amazing thing and it seems completely unattainable. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they're just amazing and brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I think admitting like, no, it was difficult. Mm-hmm. And like there were maybe moments, were there moments when you felt like I can just scrap this and no one will know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Of course there were. Like yeah, just yeah. knowing that it's I think is hugely helpful. It's not my natural environment helpful. to be hoofing it around like national parks. Like <laughs> it never was. You know, my natural environment is in the pub mm. and walking home at six in the morning, you know. And also presumably if you'd had years of being out in that sort of behaviour, those behavioural pa- patterns of always drinking at certain times and, you know, celebrating with alcohol and all your friends are involved with pubs and all that sort of stuff, then, yeah, I don't think it's really that surprising, if you don't no. mind me saying, that it, at least at times well, it would have that was a hard habit to break. I you, mean, well, yeah. I think it would be kind of pretty superhuman if it, mm, it hadn't been. Honestly. Well, and in a way it would have been kind of less me as well. It would have been, that would have been like the real... Because I at the time I was sort of focusing on like okay I'm just such a fake like but but really in hindsight if I hadn't have indulged as often as I did then that would have kind of been I don't know maybe I'm just making excuses no, yeah. I think it's <laughs> it's part of like your own experience to learn that yeah like right. you wouldn't have realized oh maybe this isn't the best idea if you hadn't yeah done that yeah I guess so not to justify getting leathered in a pub. Whenever. But like honestly, it, I think that's helpful for people to know because it is so much like if I'm in the midst of depression, the last thing I would want to do is get up and go walking. Yeah. And I think then hearing other people's stories about how they just did it, it's like, oh, that's good for them, but I can't do it. Yeah. But actually hearing like, no, it was tough. And like, it yeah. wasn't a straight road to success. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've started running now. And the thing is, like, I've I don't expect to sort of be able to run every day, mm. but I think, well, if I could run once a week, but then I it, probably some weeks I won't run at all because I'll be too lazy yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, like I just won't be in the right mood. Like I just won't be in the right sort of headspace. So mm. yeah, that's totally understandable. Yeah. You've done this incredible sort of ginormous challenge. How are you feeling now mentally and what what are your plans now? I feel great. I'm in a really great place at the moment and I still, you know, I still dip every now and again and, I was talking to someone about this earlier, actually. I don't know if you get this, but um, I kind of know. I kind of know when when depression's about to hit. Yeah, it's nearly. Sure. I'm nearly depressed, and at that point, my subconscious kind of takes over and and makes me crave things that make me depressed, and I kind of and and make me be the one that forces me into it. It kind of manipulates me in that 
in that way i feel so i know i know when i'm about to become depressed because my eating habits go wayward or i will consider calling people up and going going down the pub or whatever but no on the whole i feel i feel good you know i've got a great relationship with 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 fitness and and nutrition and you know I, i feel like it just boils down to really simple things you know if if you want to manage it if you want to kind of be more in control of 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 a good feeling you know just give yourself more of the things that make you feel better and less of the things that don't so um you know i quit drinking i quit doing all that replaced it almost with with fitness so you know i'm i'm in bed earlier i'm up earlier i'm getting a lot more regular sleep all all, all these things that um you know people just everyone's kind of unanimously unanimously decided that are good for you for most humans to do i just kind of incorporated all those in into my day-to-day life and and i feel great as as a result and and obviously being um doing something that i'm passionate about and doing something that i feel is right is a really really life-affirming thing as well uh yeah i'm all right thanks for asking (laughs) (laughs) one thing that i found challenging just with the marathon was oh we'll talk about like post marathon blues yeah right. because you're building up to something and then it's done and you're like i don't really know what to do with myself mm-hmm. how are you dealing with that uh well the first marathon i did was part was for the program mm-hmm. it's called mind over marathon it was on last year last year yeah last yeah. year and that was really you know that was a real like kind of strange way to usher me into the world of running and marathon running because we were you know the first the f- we spent six months filming and then the first episode came out just before the marathon which meant we were getting recognized r- just by basically everyone at the marathon on that day I and mean, it was really bizarre um and then the second episode came out afterwards so I, th- I feel like the blues would have really really hit me then but i then had to go back and do and pick up the walk where i left mm. off and by that time i had i had been lucky enough to meet some really you know, amazing people um, who who had seen the program and who who'd wanted to meet us, and and I invited a couple of them out to do the first bit of the walk with me, including um, Sam, who was in the program with me. So um, I kind of didn't allow myself enough time to to let the dust settle enough for me to sink back into, for me to really uh, miss the marathon and 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 like that buzz that I got. I went straight into into what made me feel good before. So I was able to negate it that time. This year, it was just brutally hot. Yeah. And it was it, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I got the blues this year. Like, even though it was just horrible, I still, you know, there's still that that beauty of the marathon. You know, London's such a fragmented dog-eat-dog place a lot of the time. And then one day a year, everyone comes out and cheers on people they don't know. You know, it's it's, I mean, it's pretty pretty obvious why people get a bit of a come down after that because it's just such a such a beautiful thing and yeah i did i did get a bit of a come down this year but i guess i guess you've got to sort of think like you get the come down because that's a testament to how great the Mm. day was and i feel like that's the thing to focus on but i mean it's really hard to obviously it's easier said than done but that's what i tried to think and you don't feel you've had a kind of come down after your big giant enormous Mm. walk 
Uh, no, because I went to India straight away oh, afterwards. Yeah, good. we got really lucky and, and um, yeah, planned a trip to India. So I was out there for a month and I was, I spent the time when I was out there really reflecting on it and taking stock. And I was also somewhere that was like a, a kind of adventure in itself. And it's just this whole, it's like a different world over there. I don't know if you've, either of you have been. No, it's I just, really want to. Yeah, you have to. to, you just have to. Um, and but at the same time, it's I feel like I haven't processed it enough in some ways. You know, India was a, a really good distraction, and I was able to process it to a certain extent and avoid the blues, like post challenge blues or whatever. But there's days where I kind of think about the walk now, and I, I just I really want it to. I don't know. I'm sure it will in a few years. It will feel like this, you know, dream like memory mm. that I had, this crazy thing I did, but. Looking back on specific days of the walk now, it still feels kind of like my life is at the moment. I feel I, maybe it's because I didn't, I haven't gone back into like a regular job. You know, I, I, I kind of work freelance now. I give talks and write articles and that sort of thing, and that's the first time I've done that. So I'm kind of hopping around, you know, without a permanent place to to live. You know, I stay with friends in London a lot of the time, and I feel like I've kind of carried on that life in some ways. So I haven't. No, maybe I should like, just so take some stock like of it. Existential crisis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're fine. I read your blog um, well today actually, and um, you were talking about basically where that conversation was going to go next, because mm. obviously people talk a lot more about mental health, and people are generally a lot more open. What are your thoughts? Where's it going to go? Well, I think I, I wrote that on a. I think I was in quite a bad mood when I wrote that, actually. So, like, I, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like the, the mental health conversation, even those three words together, it's kind, of, it's kind of starting to feel a bit old hat now. And certain, certain phrases that were, uh, that were kind of inspiring a year ago. But I, this might just be because I've been in that world for too long, and I'm just kind of bored of it's okay not to be okay, etc. Those, those sorts of things. Um, but I do feel that that last year was was a breakthrough year and the main theme was uh we need to talk more and i feel like most people get that now i mean there's still a few people who have that sort of antiquated stiff upper lip mentality but i'm i'm pretty sure they're the minority now but i do think it's time for for it to develop into um practical advice and not just for people opening up but i feel like people who are on the receiving end of people opening up need support as well because one thing i've learned from from getting messages from from people i don't know who are who are being very vocal about where they are mentally is i don't know what the right thing to say is a lot of the time and the one thing i've really noticed is or just kind of learned i guess is is that the reason why the the scope for conversation is so infinite it's because everyone's mental health is so specific to them you know there isn't one type of depression depression is kind of like an umbrella term now and this is where i feel like it needs to go you know we need to kind of get into depression and sort of spread it out a little or maybe we don't you know i feel like that's the way society's going with with loads of topics you know things like you know things like politic identity politics and gender they feel like they're getting slightly convoluted in ideas now maybe maybe we shouldn't um delve more in and kind of spread 
it out. But that that feels like what it's what it, what it should be doing. I, I don't know. This the, the con- that sort of conversation is the conversation now. Like which direction should we be going in? You know, I don't have the answers. No one has the answers. I guess there's a certain amount of it that ha- has to happen organically. You did also make the point um, in there that we should be talking maybe more about everybody's mental health in general rather than sort of just have the side of the conversation that's about um, mental illness. Yeah. Which is absolutely fair enough. Um, you know, I think it's really important people do understand a condition like, like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, whatever. But as you say, um, if you have depression, people experience it differently. And even if you don't have anything that you might necessarily go to a doctor for, it's useful to sort of have a basic kind of grounding, isn't it? To yeah, for sure. In what mental health is yeah. and well, how you could, like you say, kind of how it could be a bit better or if you're feeling a bit low, like how that can be improved, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, the way to do that is to is to put a clear line between mental health and mental illness. I mean, I know mental illness falls under the mental health bracket, but I hear a lot of people still say, you know, oh, I've got a friend who suffers from mental health. And it's like, Oof, that's not right. <laughs> you know, mm, and, 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 and mental illness is, you know, it's, it's something that's always been there. And, and the fact that it's been destigmatized to a large extent now is, is you know, is, is a great testament of how far we've come as a society. But mental health, as, a, as an umbrella term, is not mental illness. You know, mental health is something we all have as much as physical health. You know, he, again, I'm saying that and it feels like that's that's the kind of recurring soundbite now as well but um but yeah i, I mean men- mental health for me is is uh is kind of what we practice on a day-to-day basis again like going back to giving ourselves more of what we know makes us feel better and less of what doesn't because you know the one thing that i've learned through through experience and and i'd hate to hear you know i wouldn't wish it on anyone is um is not looking after yourself mentally and not knowing what it is that makes you feel better and and doing the things that kind of mask a horrible feeling because that is the road to mental illness like i wouldn't i wouldn't say i'm a mentally ill person you know i have um i i experience depression occasionally but you know am i does that mean i'm mentally ill i i don't think it does i think maybe in those on those days it's like i've a head cold like a mind cold i guess but real mental illness is is debilitating, you know, OCD, schizophrenia, anything psychotic. Yeah, I feel there needs to be some lines drawn, I think. And my last question is, if there's anyone listening who is in a bad way and they want to set themselves a challenge, they want to go out and do something, but they're struggling maybe with the motivation how what what should they do basically what i said before you know it's it's hard to it's hard to give advice to lots of people without knowing the individual you know so i I try not to do it that much but you know there are i guess there's certain things that that can work for uh for everyone i mean motivation is is something that that kind of has to come naturally I, i think maybe maybe seeking inspiration you know i think i think social media gets a bad rap these days i feel like it can be a really inspiring place a lot of people that i speak to about what i've done who kind of maybe feel like they're struggling they find that after a conversation with with me where i've said i've 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 achieved this thing in the face of adversity and i made i made you know it kind of started to turn my life around inspiration is 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 the key to to um to recovery i think 
Um, and so following people, seeking out stories, really inspiring stories um, and interpreting them in, in your own way. That can, you know, that that inspiration is a really, really powerful thing. You know, I'm, I really don't want to say you should exercise more and you should eat better food and, and all these sort of old hat ideas, which, which do work. But, you know, getting someone who can't get out of bed out for a run is just is just going to make them feel more like crap. So one thing you can do from under the covers, I guess, is is, is get on your computer and, and start seeking out stories that are going to inspire you and people that have done people have done sort of um, things and people who are talking really openly about their mental health, like Ted talks as well. You know, that there's, there's loads of stuff out there if, if you choose to, to find it. And the people that get in touch with me who, you know, the conversations of people that I, you know, with people that I don't know that move me the most are people who say they've got in touch and they saw either what I was doing or what someone else who's achieved something kind of a momentous after a personal crisis. And they've, taken inspiration from that and they've used it to turn their life around in, in whatever way that is and yeah I, I guess that's kind of applicable to everybody so yeah that's what it would be thanks very much jake so jake mentioned that he recently did a marathon it which did. is true because i also did the same thing yes um, it's called race to the tower like so i didn't really race it usually is over two days and it's an ultra marathon, which means two marathons. Mm-hmm. I obviously did not do that because I'm not a glutton for pain and punishment. Why did you decide to do it though? So this is a really long and convoluted story. I had always wanted to do a marathon. The original plan was one day to do it with my dad before he gets, in his words, too old. I'm not calling him old, just in case he's listening. But I was not in a state of fitness for probably the last four years to be anywhere close to running even a 5k let alone a marathon so it was just completely like I'll do it in a few years um then I got an email from the PRs for Race the Tower and they were like we would love to sponsor you to do this we'd love for you to you know show everyone you can overcome this thing with mental health and I was like no but then they emailed me again I think a week after or a couple of weeks after, and it was just after I had finished talking to this amazing man, he was diagnosed with um, testicular cancer and basically given, I think, about two years to live. And he went through a period of feeling really defeated, as he would, but when he was going through chemotherapy and feeling at his weakest, he just started going outside and walking and he ended up running marathons, ultra marathons. He did one thing where he was in the Sahara Desert and was dragging something behind him when he ran. Wow. And it's like, that's when, if you, I don't know if you've ever met anyone who's going through chemotherapy, but it's the most draining, like you are the weakest you can possibly be. And the fact that he did that, I think the fact that the email came immediately after that conversation, I was like, I can't say no to a marathon when this person with chemotherapy is using his time and his you know very limited energy Mm. to do these mad things so yeah that's why spur of the moment decision as a result of that interview I do blame him entirely (laughs) for all my pain I then planned to train didn't train at all I think I got to two months before the race found a plan where it's like how to train for a marathon in a month, trying to stick to that, 
didn't really do that. I think I ran about three times because I'm just lazy and it's easier to give up. And I just couldn't really be bothered. And as I mentioned, extremely physically unfit. But you still did it. Still did, yeah. did the distance. Um, didn't think I would because the plan was to run it all. I gave myself permission. I can run and walk. I'm not going to destroy myself just to have a laugh at it because a lot of it was just me saying wouldn't it be funny if I did a marathon with absolutely no training like and it was funny but also very difficult so giving myself permission to walk and run I actually did end up enjoying it which was shocking it was incredibly difficult as Jake was saying it's like mostly these really steep hills are practically vertical so I walked more than I ran I think there were two points where I was very close to giving up and then I was messaging my boyfriend who was waiting at the end and was like, I'm just going to order an Uber. It's like, there aren't any Ubers in the Cotswolds. Like, you can't. But yeah, the finishing it, incredible feeling. Like, and just the, no, the knowledge that I can do something that I found, I thought was like genuinely impossible. Lots of other things feel less scary now. Like talking to my boss or like going into a meeting, it's like, I did a marathon. It's not going to be as bad as that. And I can do that and I can do anything. And you raise money for Mind. And I raise a lot of money for Mind, which I was really happy about. Over a thousand. Very pleased about that. And I think on the path, talking to people about why I was doing it and mental health issues, it was really nice. Like a lot of people kind of had similar stories and said, I'm doing this specifically, raise money for Mind, raise awareness. And because everyone bangs on about exercise being good for your mental health, which it is, but it's very difficult when you're depressed to get up and do it. And I think being given a challenge like that and publicly committing to it and publicly saying I will I want to raise money for it meant that I couldn't just like back out of it. Everyone would have noticed. And that was helpful, I think. It made me do something that was really good for my physical and mental health. Goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116123 or go to samaritans.org. Thanks very much to our guest, Jake Tyler. Thanks to our producer, Sam Bonham. And thanks to Lucy Baker for the jingles. Come and join us online. We've got a Facebook group called Mentally Yours where we chat about all things mental health. And we also have a Twitter feed if that's your thing. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 